Welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, the mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my passion to share with you tips and tools to make your journey easier. Thanks for joining us today. Today's topic is ending the school year well. And before we get started, just let me remind you, you can access our podcast anywhere you choose, Apple Podcasts, Google, or even our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Okay, so we want to end the school year well, but when I say that, it might not be exactly what you're thinking. When I started homeschooling, I thought I had to finish every page and every book, and my kids had to do every assignment or I was going to mess them up. But I soon learned that that's not the case because often what is taught at the end of the school year is repeated at the beginning of the next year. So don't stress if you don't finish every page. You know, we want our kids to have a good homeschooling experience and not be stressed all the time and feel like they're never measuring up and there's always more that they need to do and they're not doing enough. So we don't want to make them feel that way. So you evaluate what your kids need. You know, you evaluate when is the best time to stop in that curriculum and to end your school year. I think it is good for the kids to feel refreshed and to get a break and then they're ready to go back in in the fall. Um, I know some people choose to go through the summer and if you do do that, it gives you flexibility in taking time off when you have company or whatever. Um, But whatever way you want to do it, when you're ending one year, um, you want to encourage your kids before you start the next year. If we drive our kids, they're not going to learn anyway. I found that out the hard way. So here are some things that I feel are very important to review at the end of every school year. One of the things that I would do with my kids at the end of the school year is review the president's of the United States. And the handout for this week, the freebie that I'm going to give you is a chart of the presidents of the United States. It goes through President Obama. Sorry, we don't have anybody after him, but um, this is hopefully will be helpful for you so that your kids can see pictures of the presidents and know the dates when they were presidents. Um, I also recommend, one thing that I used to do is is read a little story about each president during the school year so that the kids were familiar with who they are. And I was just thinking as I was preparing for this podcast, it would be a fun thing for Uncle Rick to record a little story about each president so your kids could feel like they get to know them. So maybe we'll do that project next. But anyway, I would encourage my kids to learn the names of the presidents. And I'm going to share with you a few things that I went over with my kids every year. If you have never done this, don't feel like, wow, this year I need to teach my kids all their presidents and all their states and capitals and and all these things I'm going to be sharing with you. Instead, just introduce it to them. You know, you can look at the pictures and you can say the names and say them in order. And then maybe next year start learning them. But I do think it's important within the 12 years that you have your kids in school that they do learn the presidents of the United States. Another thing we would do is review the states and capitals. And I have another handout on my website with the states and the capitals to learn the shapes of the states and the capitals. 
We also had this cool little book where we learned about the states, like what things they produce and things that are special to that state. And we would read through that during the school year. Um, make use of puzzles. My kids loved puzzles. Even little children can learn states and capitals just from doing puzzles. It's not rote and it's not dull and dry. They enjoy doing it. There's lots of puzzles out there. There's magnetic puzzles or big floor puzzles or interactive puzzles, uh, puzzles that talk and will tell the name of the state and the name of the capital. But anyway, I think it is very important for our kids to be familiar with our country. And then throughout your school experience, you can teach them about crops that are grown and, and whether it's flat or hilly or oceans nearby. I think it's important for our kids to understand about our country and to learn about it. Another thing that we would do, I would teach them the American's Creed. And again, I had my kids memorize this over their school experience. And as I say, don't feel like, wow, I got to teach all my kids this this year, but introduce them to it. This also, all these documents are on our website um, digitally if you want to like print them out and let your kids put them in a folder and each year you can get out that folder and review it before the end of the year. These things are so important to the founding of our country. The American's Creed, it says, I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed, a democracy and a republic, a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity, for which American patriots sacrificed their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies. I taught this to my kids. Kids need to know this today. There's so much going on in our country where people are disrespecting the flag and they don't even know what the Constitution says. They don't know how this country was founded. And our kids need to know that. It is our duty to be involved in the civic arena. And this is one place to start, even with little kids. Just print this off, have them read it, and talk about it. Another thing is the preamble to the Constitution of the United States. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. You might want to read through the Constitution with your older kids and explain what it means. In our book, um, America's Struggle to Become a Nation, we have a whole section that explains the Constitution. Our kids need to know this. I was just talking to some of my grandkids the other day, and this one in particular was 16 years old, and she said her friend didn't even know what the Constitution is. And that's a shame, you know, they're not teaching it in the schools anymore. You need to teach it to your kids. They need to know the founding documents this country was built upon and established upon. Another one is the preamble to the Declaration of the, United, of the Independence. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, 
A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. It's a good idea to read the Declaration of Independence to your kids. We've all been taught that the War of Independence was fought over taxation without representation. That is true, but that is the reason number 17 in a whole list of reasons that we separated from Great Britain. It is so important for your kids to understand that. In a lot of Christian circles, they're teaching that the United States was wrong to separate from Great Britain. Read why they did that. It was not mainly taxation without representation. It was more King George did not want them to establish missionary societies. It was freedom of religion. Just, just read it. You will find it eye-opening to your kids. And we also talk about that in America's struggle to become a nation, if that would be helpful for you. And one last document that we go over every year is the Bill of Rights. And this, again, is under attack in our country, the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or bridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The Second Amendment too, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Your kids need to know that. This is what our country was founded on. This is the Bill of Rights. There's 10 of them. You know, read them to your kids. Go over them with your kids. You can have your kids at some point as they get older to memorize all these documents so that they can speak with people in the public arena and know what they're talking about. It's so important. Another thing that I would have my older kids especially do at the end of the school year is a research paper. And I, when they were like in high school, junior high, high school, and I would let them use the topic that was interested to them. They could choose the topic. For instance, one of my daughters chose the Nisai soldiers in World War II. One of my sons chose hunting white-tailed deer. You know, let them choose what they are interested in, what they're passionate about, what they would like to learn about, instead of just assigning them a topic. Another daughter did the wind talkers in World War II. Such fascinating stuff. So let them choose something that they are passionate about. Also, during this time of the year, like in May, before we ended the school year, I would evaluate each student's progress. And during that time, I would order the books for next year that I wanted to use for them. But I would evaluate which curriculum worked well for which kids. Some curriculums that I use for most of my kids did not work for others of my kids. And that's okay because your kids are unique, they're made differently, and you need to evaluate, did this work? Was it a good choice for this year? Should we continue with this curriculum or should I switch? And let your kids give some input on that. I would let my kids help choose the books that I chose for them sometimes. You know, if they find something boring, they're not going to want to do it. But if they help to choose the curriculum for next year, they're going to be invested in it and they're going to care more about learning about it. If it looks interesting to them, they're, they're going to want to do it. So let them, you know, if, if you go to conventions, um, let them look through the materials, let them look through the different curriculums and see what looks good to them. 
or if you don't go to conventions, just look online. You can do see insides and see what a curriculum looks like, how easy it is to use. Don't forget to evaluate their character. I have given you guys a list of 45 basic character qualities in one of my other podcasts. Evaluate that. You know, think, how did my kids do with responsibility this year? What do we need to work on? Do they need more work with being kind to their siblings or to not tease their siblings? Do they need to be more diligent? What character qualities are really deficient in their lives? And I would work with those character qualities over the summer. We did not do academics over the summer, but I did still work on character because huh, we always have issues in our life that need to be worked on. So we would work on character qualities during the summer. And we have lots of helps on our website to help you with that. There's lots of books that you can get to help your kids learn character and how to implement it. It's, you've got to learn it first, and then you've got to learn how to implement it in everyday life. It's like a two-step process. During the summer, we did do fun things like take historical trips and like go to parks, go swimming, do some activities with other families, things that we didn't really have a chance to do during the school year. So we tried to just take a break and be refreshed and renewed during the summer. At one point I made reading lists and I let my kids choose books from that to read over the summer. We did have some time each day when they would read. We called it quiet time in the afternoon. And I think it's important, you know, for kids to have a time when they're quiet and they're not active and involved in other things during the day. Just kind of a reflective time. And that time we would use for reading during the summer. I know it's a challenge to find good books at libraries anymore, but there's a website called Abe Books, abebooks.com, that has a lot of the old books, books that we use for Uncle Rick to read, um, you know, for the audiobooks that he records for kids. And you can pretty much find anything you want there. You can search by year. The books written in before the early 1900s are the best. So if you're looking for a book about James Garfield, search for a book that was written in the 1800s. And you can be pretty much sure you're going to have a, a good book there for your kids to read. And I will link to that so that you can find a books easily. Congratulate your kids on their achievements or even efforts that they made. You know, even if you wish that they had put more effort into it, they'd worked harder, they'd gotten further in the curriculum, they'd learned more. Don't leave your kids thinking that they failed this year, that they could have done better. You do want to inspire them, but you don't want to overwhelm them. So praise them. Kids respond so much to praise and encouragement. Praise them for the effort that was made. Some kids don't need to put as much effort in to get good grades. Other kids, it's a struggle. And they might actually be working so much harder than the kids that are getting the good grades. So praise that effort. Encourage them. Celebrate. You know, find a special way to celebrate the end of the school year. Maybe the last day of the school year, take a picnic up to the mountains or invite friends over or have a last day of school party. Let your kids help you plan a way to celebrate the end of the school year. It gives them motivation to go ahead and finish up those things that you feel they need to finish. 
but you want to end on a positive note. You want your kids to feel good about the school year. You want your kids to have had some fun and to have good feelings about it so that when it's time to start up at the beginning of the next year, that they are encouraged. And your kids will help you with this. You know, they'll find ways to plan a special time for the end of the school year and plan some special things to do during the summer. In another podcast, I'll talk about some of the fun things that you can do during the summer to refresh and relax and take a break from the academics. But I hope you found this helpful. And thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.